Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 82. It'll be 100 soon, can't Yes, we? yeah, we're just talking about what we should do for our 100th episode. So if anyone's got any ideas, do let us know. We're thinking maybe we do a, a live show or something where, you know, um, Andy does it in the street naked or, you know, I don't know. We're, we're looking for ideas <laughs> for what we can do to celebrate our 100th show. So probably won't be till the new year. I've got to work it out exactly. But if anyone's got any ideas, drop us an email and let us know. You can use the hashtag IMPC. Of internet marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. That is the longest interrupted sentence I think we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it's the questions and answers, and we have uh, an audio question yes. uh, and some papery, papery printed out questions. Let's start with the audio questions, actually. Yeah. That was from, uh, from Anthony. Let's have a listen. Hi, Kelvin and, and uh, Andy. It's uh, Anthony from jumps.co.uk and also the man about Brighton blog um just a quick question for you really for the uh, show just want to find out more information about rss readers and what you guys use and recommend it's one of those things that uh, i've never really bothered with um but i'm just checking too many websites now um so just want to have a look and get some advice from you speak to you soon keep up the good work Right, so Anthony's asking about uh, RSS readers. Got yeah, thoughts, Calvin? well, I mean, personally, um, I use Google Reader um, to manage my RSS um, feeds. I know some people use NetVibes, and you can use it. You can do it in Outlook, and um, in a lot of the internet browsers like Firefox as well, you can manage it with their live bookmarks. But I just use Google Reader, so I use my Google account, sign up to the RSS feed of those websites, and then I can go into my Google Reader. It acts a bit like a Gmail account, um, and it just kind of queues up everything i've not read from the website websites i find interesting simple to use you can share it quite easily from there the only thing i would say is it's getting harder and harder to keep up with all of my feeds i had a huge purge about sort of two or three months ago where i got rid of maybe 70 percent of what i read yep um and even now i'm still finding it a lot harder to keep up now i don't know if that's because they're publishing more frequently or just because i'm a bit um, busier with other things keeping you know like other distractions, Twitter and being busy at work and all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, quite hard to keep up. But from Anthony's point of view, I think Google Readers is the best place to start. You're a Google Reader well, user, aren't you? yeah. I mean, I I kind of do... I certainly use Gmail and I use the, the Google Reader. Yeah. And I just love the... Conven- I, just, it's, mm. I, don't know, I just like the convenience of it. Mm. I like 
being able to do stuff in my browser without having to launch another application. Mm. Other, um, although, having said that, I did have a play with Zitnet Newswire. Okay. Um, I downloaded a trial of that a few weeks ago and was quite impressed with it. That mm. was on the Mac. I yeah. actually don't know if it's if mm. you can get. I think you can get it for Windows. But it worked very nicely on the Mac. It was very Mac-esque, the mm. way it works. But I have to say, for me, just Google Reader. But that mm. point you made about uh, getting overloaded mm. is a very, very relevant point. Mm. And the thing about Google Reader, it doesn't it let you search, yeah, uh, search nice, your yeah. feeds mm. um, and sort of divide them in that way? So it might, yeah, that might be can, quite a good yeah. approach. And I mean, there's other ways of doing it as well. Because I mean, we talked actually in our last news and tools episode about um a tool called twitter times so twitter mm. t-i-m dot e-s that acted like a newspaper and there's actually been another one that's come out literally the day we recorded that that i've come across and got on my eye so it's an ipad specific app so not you know usable for everyone but it's called flipboard oh yeah and what that does is it pulls in stuff that people are sharing so in the same way twitter times did twitter times was just for twitter but mm. um well, Twitter Times only pulled in what your friends were linking to. Now, what Flipboard does is it pulls in what you, your friends are tweeting that it thinks are most important and what your friends are sharing that they think is most important. And then all within the app, you can then comment on that or like retweet it and send it on. Mm. But it does it for Facebook as well and also for like aggregated feeds. Right. So you could almost have, you know, you could put together a feed of every decent... Um, you know, internet marketing blog, put that into flip, um, Flipboard and then it give you... It's like a really pretty way of um, browsing content online. Mm. Now, whether it's actually better than anything that precedes it or whether it's just kind of its fancy, oh, it's on a touch screen, it's a lot more exciting because of that. Um, but that's another way to keep... So it depends what Anthony wants to use an RSS reader for. If mm. it, is it just to never miss a post from a, a small number of people? that's the case RSS readers are definitely the way to go yeah. whereas if it's more there's all this stuff going on out there how can I keep track of all of it um, what's most important what do I need to be aware of mm. then things like Twitter Times or Flipboard I think probably are starting to be the clever way of doing that because actually rather than this um, you know rather than knowing every post from a small number of websites or a huge number of websites if you've got too many people in your feed it's actually which ones are the important ones the significant ones yes and allow your social graph so your friends to do the filtering you know for you there so yeah um different options really There's, i think this could be a whole show um you know dealing with rss yeah what's important knowing what's what's important mm. and what isn't well know. then you can start to use stuff like yahoo pipes and i know that um one of our first secret screencasts we mm. did that's now like one of the free videos on the premium premium.internetmarketingpodcast.org was how you can use yahoo pipes to like pre-filter yahoo answer questions yes yeah. but essentially what yahoo pipes does is it allows you to do some filtering of rss feeds mm. so you can do some clever stuff there that you know if we were to do a future show where it'd be like okay um I've got all of this stuff on Mashable, but I'm only interested in the stuff that's about Apple. Mm. Or do you know what I mean? You just kind of do clever filtering there or all the yes. stuff that is on Mashable but isn't about Apple. Maybe it might be a more uh, useful one, if you know what I mean. So you yeah. can exclude certain types of posts. So maybe like, I know like Shoe Money does his Free Shirts Fridays. Like, mm. Well, it's quite interesting, but to be honest, I've got so much in my RSS reader, I really don't need to see just a picture of him in someone else's T-shirt. So maybe I could set up a feed of his site 
but exclude all the ones that had T-shirt in the title. I know that uh, Dan has got some ideas on mm. how to deal with RSS, so perhaps that'll go into mm. another into another show. Yeah, in a future episode, yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay, let's do the first of our paper uh, questions then. This one's from, uh, let's have a look, from Mark Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I've scoured my iTunes looking for one of your shows that talked mm-hmm. about whether to place your blog in a subdomain or a subdirectory, but can't find it. My main website is an off-the-shelf PHP slash MySQL application, uh, not based on any CMS, so there is no blogging fun- functionality built in. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to make the site more interactive by including some forums, a blog, uh, a place for members to get together and exchange ideas. My current website's technology doesn't provide this. So I'm torn between customising the current app, brackets, which would feel like reinventing the wheel, brackets, or set up a subdomain like uh, blog.mydomain.com or members.mydomain.com and install something like WordPress or Joomla. Uh, there with all the necessary plugins. Um, hope all this makes sense. He says, "Thanks again for all your fantastic podcasts. Mm. I've been listening to them for what must be a couple of years now. They're truly the best thing since sliced bread." Ah, oh, thank you very much, Mark. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, very, very no, nice, Alice. Oh, yeah, no, everyone's very, very lovely when they send in their questions. Mm. I mean, so, uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts on here? Yeah, so I mean, this is a question that we've answered in various different formats and different permutations for people, which is basically what's best: a subdirectory a subfolder or a separate domain for a blog website. And actually, I'm going to do a couple of episodes on the Premium Podcast Mm. dealing with all the permutations of this because we have talked about it in various episodes, but I think maybe a flow chart is the way to explain if you've got this one, you've Mm. got this problem. Yes. And I'll try and explain it that way. But to answer Mark's question, um, I think what, what I initially read was, oh, okay, well, he can't put it as a subfolder, which is our preferred, in most cases, we say, if you're going to put a new blog up or a forum, Rather than putting on a separate domain or a subdomain, mm. put it as a subfolder. So yeah. domain.com forward slash forum or forward slash blog. And that's what I, my initial thought for him was, is that, oh, well, I feel sorry for him if he can't put it there because sometimes technology will not allow you to do that. So if, say, for example, you had a Windows-based server environment. Yeah. You then wouldn't be able to put WordPress easily as a subfolder. You can mm. with some jiggery-pokery. In, is it IS? I-I? IIS. Yeah, yeah IIS, information yeah, yeah. something server. Yeah, Yeah. so you can do that. But if, if his case, his website was set up so it had like .asp pages or .aspx, he wouldn't be able to put that as a subfolder without some serious jiggery-pokery. Mm. But from what he said, he's using my uh, MySQL and PHP. What that means is he's definitely got a, a Linux-based server environment, which does mean that he could set up a separate folder... So um, domain.com forward slash blog mm. and set up WordPress within that folder and um, it would act exactly the same as if it was a subdomain. So um, it wouldn't look the same as his normal site. So he's still got that problem to deal with. Mm. But I think he would have that if it was on a subdomain or if it wasn't. So yes, yes. that's probably a, another issue there. But if you've got a Linux, so if you've got that that server environment that uses PHP, mm. you can just set up separate folders and do installations of all these different fancy you know wordpress joomla um php pp bb press which is Mm. the wordpress forum all these different ones and you can just set them up in particular subfolders and they'll operate there perfectly happily so i would say i can see where where he thought he might have the problem because he's got this cms that doesn't allow as an add-on means he has to do it differently but actually you can just set it up as a subfolder i think without too much hassle so you reckon if he can the subfolder is a way to yeah i think in, in, yeah in, in yeah. almost every case um a subfolder is better than a subdomain mm. and because i see a subdomain is a bit of a kind of not the best of both worlds because if it's a separate website it's freestanding it's got mm. its own audience its own way of doing things you can have its own look and feel 
um, if it's a subfolder, it's more integrated. It's more part sure. of your your general overall internet marketing. And I think a subdomain is kind of a bit between the two. Now, if you've got a huge site like eBay or Gumtree or all these kind mm-hmm. of work, Amazon, then subdomains work because you've kind of got limited, you know, you've got thousands of millions of pages and it makes sense to kind of have them housed somewhere separate. But for most websites, it's perfectly capable to all sit on one domain. Okay. Well, yeah, that hopefully that'll help Mark yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on. As he slides the paper out of the way. Uh, this one's from uh, Craig Griffiths. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not sure where Craig's from. Um, hi, Kelvin. Quick question. Uh, since I consider you gents the oracles of all thing nettish. That's a good word, isn't it? I've never, yeah, I've never heard us described as nettish, but no, that's quite um, cool. Yes, I need your help. Uh, my blog, uh, askfindby.blogspot.com, is getting no traffic. I love writing it, so it's worrying me a great deal. I went to FeedBurner, and it gave me the option of Atom or RSS. Mm-hmm. Atom was the default, so I took that, which is better for my style of blog. You guys take a real approach to business, and not the chain letter approach of the affiliate community. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, you know, he's, he's, he's gone on the kind of complimenters. They'll definitely ask that question. Oh, yeah. Good angle yeah, there. We'll Good give angle. them the fiver later. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Actually, I had to do a bit of research here off the back of myself because I didn't really appreciate that there was a huge distinction between Atom feeds and RSS feeds. Mm. I think it's kind of a format issue, so it's kind of a bit of a two different markup languages almost for feeds. I don't know if you've yeah, got... Yeah, it's two different specs, yeah. basically, for the, for the same con- same sort of idea. Yeah, yeah, and I think RSS, of the two, is the more widely adopted. Mm. But I would hope that um, in Google's case, because he's using .blogspot there, that Google aren't going to have any problems understanding a feed from a website they host and maintain. Mm. So I would say that I think all things being equal, RSS is the preferred version. I don't think it's quite as functional as Atom, um, from my understanding. Yeah, I, of it. I don't actually know what the yeah. difference is, to be honest. But I don't think that probably is the reason necessarily that you might be having problems. So if you're not getting traffic there, I mean, as a platform, um, blogger.com and hosted on Blogspot, Despite Google knowing that they can trust that because they're in charge of it, they don't. You very rarely see websites on Blogspot.com um, doing that well in the search results. Mm. Now, I think that's because, I, and I can kind of see their argument here that Google's point of view is, if you're not confident enough in a website that you're not prepared to spend ten, fifteen quid on a domain name for it, or maybe fifty quid a year to get it hosted, is it that serious a website? And that's not to say that in this case, you know. Um, that that um, is it, Craig. Sorry, that was saying that yeah, that Craig's not. You know, the quality of his work there isn't absolutely amazing. But mm. from Google, they make judgments. That's what the the, the software has to do. Mm. Um, the algorithm has to do. And if they're saying, okay, well, on Blogspot.com, we know most of these websites are okay, but um, we don't trust them that much. So I'd consider getting your own domain name and doing that now rather than later because it has an impact on your SEO when you start to change all these things over mm. and you're best off doing that as early as you possibly can and then exploring maybe another blogging software because blogger.com isn't the most search engine friendly. You can do well with it, but it makes life more difficult for well, you. Well, this is Blogspot. Yeah. Is, about, is, it, is the same true for Blogger and Blogspot? Yeah, well, bl- yeah. Uh, blogger.com... Um, mm powers blogspot oh so it's like wordpress there's me being inept there so yeah so the the distinction is that so i'm not the oracle of all things really am i (laughs) so well you can use you can use blogger on your own domain so that would be my first tip Mm. get it on your own domain get your own links you own them you're not connected to any other website there in that way 
Um, but then the second step is explore whether Blogger is the best solution for mm. you. I know in the premium forum, a lot of people have been talking recently about moving from WordPress.com, which is the equivalent to Blogspot, yeah. to WordPress.org, where it's hosted on your own surface and the like there. Yeah. And it is worth the effort if you're taking the blog seriously mm. because mm. it gives you all kinds of additional functionality. So that's not to say WordPress is the best solution for everyone all the time, but... Um, it's definitely probably the easiest to get SEO right with mm. um, of the various options. There's ones like, um, what is it, TypePad from, um, is it Textapart or whatever? They're, they're got, a TypePad is definitely another one that's quite well yeah, regarded. I, I, I think it is mm. Textapart, yeah. something like that, yeah. Um, which is also very good. It kind of suffers from the fact it's not quite as cool as WordPress. Mm. I think it's perfectly dysfunctional. Um, but... Yeah, that probably is more likely the reason why he's struggling to get traffic is kind of conventional SEO reasons or conventional marketing reasons rather than the distinction between ad atom or RSS feeds. Yeah. Okay, well, hopefully that was helpful, Craig. Let's move on to the next one. This one is from uh, Josh Lipton. Um, he's, give, he's got an IP address, but I can't work out where in the world that's from. I think it's because, yeah, that one's a comment, wasn't it? So, yeah, rather than a, um, an email, we get their IP address. Oh, sorry, there's a comment. Oh, yes. silly me. What a clot I am. Um, he says, I enjoyed this post. Post. Oh, it's called podcast. Postcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> I enjoyed this podcast as it had quite a few things relevant to my business strategy. Uh, we currently have a collection of uh, niche cycling websites. Uh, I've often debated over the advantages and disadvantages of all these different domains. Um, sorry, which episode was he? I think he was referring to, to one- avoid doing damage when you upgrade your yeah. site. That was number seventy-four, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Overall, I've gone with the notion that we perform well within our specific niches in part because our URL's keywords strongly target these niches and also because our customers like the look and feel of our focus on the specific niches with each one having its own domain. Uh, This does lead to some split efforts and not combining the strength of our SEO. We have mitigated some of the downside of the split efforts in developing our own multi-site management system customised for OS commerce. That's an open source. Yeah, no, very high. Uh, he goes on, among, among the three speciality cycling websites, which is bike trailer shop.com, 
bikebagshop.com and bikekidshop.com. We also have a blog, biketrailerblog.com. I've been considering moving biketrailer.com into a subfolder, uh, biketrailershop.com slash blog, and was wondering what your thoughts are in regard to this. It sounds like if we're starting from scratch, you'd recommend this strategy for SEO purposes, but given that these sites are both about five years old, would it not be beneficial to make the move at this point, given that we did all of uh, sorry, given that we did all the proper redirects and maintain the content as much as possible? I'm thinking that such a move will help to boost up our SEO for our bike trailer yeah. Thoughts, so, Mr. Newman. Yeah, so it's another one of these subdomains versus subfolders versus separate domains issue that we kind of a lot of people seem to be um, wrangling with yeah. the, the whys and the wherefores here. So he's in a different situation to Mark's question who we talked about earlier. He was like, I want to add it. What's the best place to add it? Mm-hmm. What they've done is they've got this system in place. They've got these websites. They've been running for, what, four or five years, he was saying? Five so, years, yeah. So they're kind of there. They're established. Now, for those guys, it's going to be hard to justify the change because if you start in a certain way, you've not lost anything by making these changes. But if you were to move that blog from a separate domain to a subfolder, that even with 301 redirects, even with keeping the content exactly the same with the same URLs and the same content there behind it, mm. there is going to be a period where Google take their time to ascertain what what's going on. Well, Google scratches its head. Yeah, and that could be lost traffic and that could be lost business. Now, the benefit that in this particular situation, you've got the blog, so it's probably not as commercially significant as the if they were doing it in the other direction. Mm. Um, so that helps. Um, I would, if the audience of those two websites overlap exactly, which it sounds like they do. So, I, if you're interested in bike trailers and you're reading about it on their blog, mm. you're going to be interested in the shop. I see very few reasons to keep it separate other than the fact potentially so i would say it makes perfect sense because my normal argument is if you've got two different audiences maybe have two different domain names yeah but this sounds like it's got exactly the same audience so i'd say one domain name but there is a slight niggle in the back of my head because they've done it for such a long period of time that maybe keep keeping it separate helps because it seems a little less commercial Mm. so when people are linking to you if you're seen as too kind of businessy sometimes you'll struggle to get links Mm. and the fact that it's not on the shop domain might help in that regard so that's the only reason i can see why you might want to keep them separate but actually i'd maybe say bite the bullet the blog and the shop have exactly the same audience if you're trying to use the blog as a means to generate traffic to the uh, shop it should be on the same domain name um because it just makes it easier really Mm. for everyone involved so yeah, a slightly different situation, and like this is the reason I'm going to do this follow-up um, premium episode on mm. the various combinations of why one works, why others don't work. But I think in um, this particular question for Josh, I'd maybe move it um, unless you've got lots and lots of links to the blog that you don't think you would have got if it had been on the shop. So version. at the end of the day, you you think it should be moved into a sub directory? Um, sorry, subfolder. Subfolder. Yeah, I mean. After much umming and ahhing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think with it's these ones... one, isn't it? Yeah, and I think increasingly with a lot of internet marketing decisions that there isn't a right answer mm. to anything. Mm. There's just differing opinions. Fuzzy logic. Fuzzy logic and a kind of mm. way that you would do things. But I always come back to the the idea that one website, one group of links, one group of rankings, two websites, twice as much work to achieve the same amount of visibility. So... 
what you might find here in uh, Josh's case, he moves the blog site across. That has hundreds of links. Yes, the 301s might take a bit of time to implement, mm. but suddenly his shop has got a load more links that he didn't have previously. Sure. So hopefully the fact that the commercial pages will benefit from that. Okay. Well, I hope you found that useful, Josh. And let's move on to the final question. Yes. This one feels different. Is this a normal email? It isn't it? Yes, it's a normal email. This one is from Andy Stevens. Andy says, uh, Kelvin, I've just come across your podcast and I have binged out on it over the last two weeks and listened to to most episodes on iTunes. I really like the Q&A podcasts uh, um, you do, so I was hoping that I could contribute. A bit of background. I'm fairly new when it comes to internet online marketing, uh, brackets, including social stuff, brackets, uh, but have years of experience with internet and e-commerce systems, which I have developed recently. The new site, www.useonesource.co.uk, is a, a one-stop shop for all office products. This site is mainly for our current customers so that they can place their orders online rather than telephone. Uh, but it has uh, good Google visibility and we want to test some things out. Uh, he goes on, my questions are mainly around strategy and staff. I'm currently doing all of this myself, but my intention has always been to build an e-marketing team. The idea being that they can be exposed to a, gro- a greater, a far greater amount of people than a standard sales rep. What I need to come up with is uh, a justification for bringing on extra staff to make up an e-marketing team. What will extra staff bring? Uh, What type of person do I need? What will the results be? And what will they do? What a superb question. We've never had a question like this before. It's a biggie, Very sort of personnelly sort of question. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's an interesting one because I work for an agency. You know, you all know that the show is produced by Site Visibility and we're an agency. Mm. And the reason that we exist is because there are a lot of businesses who want search marketing done or social media or pay-per-click, the, the services that we offer. Um, there's a, a skill shortage to a certain extent. There's not a huge number of uh, talented SEOs out there in the job marketplace. Mm. And B, marketers within the, the those companies might not feel confident recruiting and managing those people even if they can find them. Because it's that difficult one. Is if you don't understand something, how can you tell if the right you're recruiting the right person yeah, for the job? Yeah. So it's a real challenge. And that's why, you know, internet marketing agencies of all shapes and forms tend to thrive because they're buying into the history, they're buying into the testimonials, they're buying into the case studies, they're buying into the history of that organisation. So that's why they exist. But if you are going to go down that recruiting um, path, um, there's a number of issues to think about, really. Uh, one is um, that the best talent is going to have asking be asking a good a good wage uh, for mm. these kind of things because um it's a skill that's in demand so mm. um it is a proper case of buy cheap buy twice i think on you know these kind of decisions yeah. i you might be able to get someone in who's done a little bit of this type of work and then plunging them into doing it full time um that's not to say that people can't learn you know people are listening to the podcast learning about internet marketing all the time and people make a break and take a chance and and do well but if you're taking somebody who's not done a lot of this kind of work previously you need to be aware that there's a learning curve there and mm. that sometimes that person who's you know maybe three or four grand less expensive to pay for than someone else might take twice as long to achieve the same results yes, yes. so it's that classic kind of money versus risk and reward there going on um in terms of the type of people to to be looking for um different internet marketing disciplines require different skill sets um mm. So, like, for example, 
you know like so Andy you work on producing podcasts and the like there yep so that's in its own a very unique skill set yes it can be applied to other ones so you know you might feel really comfortable doing video you might be confident doing writing I know you do web development there's all kinds of areas of that yeah but it's around creating and understanding software and how that works with people and the content you can put behind that but then that's a completely different skill set again to maybe someone you'd want to be doing pay-per-click where it's all about statistics Mm. and um or kind of comparing and contrasting different versions of stuff and then that person who is specialized in pay-per-click then might not be able to be confident enough to go to a board and present you know strategies or you know Mm. you know understand roi and the kind of commercial implications it's very varied isn't it yeah and I, I don't envy the task of someone building an internet marketing team within a company. Mm. Um, but what I would say is it's easier than ever, though, to find people if you are on the recruitment side of things. So too many recruiters now, the, they charge you their 15, 20, 25%, and all they do is type in the job title that you are after in LinkedIn and then contact 20 people. Mm. Hope two or three get back to them, and then they'll take their commission from that. But actually, it's really good now that like if you've got a network of contacts on Twitter or you know people on Facebook or you're attending internet marketing events which are taking place, it's very easy to get the word out there that you're looking for for someone. And if you've got a good idea what that person you're looking for is going to be like, you shouldn't have too many problems finding them, I don't think. Um, you know, that's not to say that there aren't really, really good recruiters out there. They are, mm. but um, there's some good ones and there's some bad ones like in every industry, really. Mm. Um, I mean, have you got any tips, Andy, how you go about if you were in, in that boat? I haven't got a clue. Honest, just being absolutely honest, yeah. like, I, I haven't got a clue. Um, I mean, our company is tiny. There's two mm. core members, and mm. we just outsource a lot to, yeah. to various people. That well, do that, and that's, stuff. that's a very good way of doing it, though, isn't it? Because yeah. if you've got to bear in mind that increasingly, you, you know, I think the best way for, a, for an in-house company to deal with it is to have someone internally who understands all aspects of internet marketing, is really good at you know coming up with strategies, really good at selling the idea behind those to senior members of the team. Mm. And then what their job is then is almost like a conductor. And then you outsource, and outsourcing doesn't mean just you know to you know another country overseas. That could be to you know super duper London based agencies, specialists in Brighton, or a local freelancer, or, or whoever it is really. But then your job is that you act as a kind of conductor. You set the rules, the you know, almost like the drummer in a band, you know, you're setting the beat that everyone else is, is working to, I think. That's the structure mm. that I think could work quite well. And then the advantage is that by working with agencies and the like, or freelancers or contractors, you don't have that same kind of level of necessary um, commitment or reliance that you would have with an individual member of staff. So by working with a web development agency rather than a web developer in-house, mm. is they're going to have three or four members in their team working on your website. So you get somebody who's really good at graphic design, somebody who's really good at back-end development, somebody who's really good at usability, and you get the best of all those skill sets rather than necessarily, if you get one person, they've got to be able to do a little bit of all those things and they're going to be really good at some areas and, and less good at others. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, a good juicy one, yeah. Who does the recruiting, recruiting in your organisation? Do, do you have to do any or is it I other mean, people? Well, I mean, I don't tend to be involved too much personally in terms of um, Helen, who comes on the show yeah. occasionally, tends to tends to do a lot of our rec- recruitment. Oh, does she? Um, right. You know, because she's really good at spotting the talent and that yes, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, and we take a lot of people on. And I would say if anyone's listening here who's not working in internet marketing currently but would really like to, there's a number of schemes out there. So if you're at university or the like, down here in Brighton, there's a organisation called Wired Sussex, and they do the mm. Sussex Interns program, where they sort of they centrally interview a load of people, determine twenty or thirty people who are really, really good, and then go to companies around Sussex and say, 
here's these really good candidates. Can you work with them? They're kind of partially, I think they've got a bit of government backing behind them. So yeah. they kind of, you can take people on for a, a little bit lower cost um, as a company, but then the person's getting paid. So it's not like free work experience. And um, then you kind of almost have two or three weeks together, get to know them. And then in most cases, everyone we've had, we've taken on pretty much as a, mm. you know, as a full-time employee. And there's these types of schemes all over the country and all over the world. So well worth doing that if you're not doing it already. If you're currently in a job and this is kind of like an evening pursuit or something you're doing at weekends, but would like to be doing it full time, because I know mm. there's quite a few people like that. Try and build up some case studies to show of what you've done. So maybe it's a tiny little website you've done or a charity project you're involved with or a community group that can show that you've done the work. Yes. Because, um, you know, enthusiasm and understanding of the, the technologies is a great place to start. But if you can really show an example of oh, something yeah. you've done previous it will differentiate yourself yeah. won't it if you if mm. you you know if someone a recruiter speaks to 10 people yeah. you know maybe two of them well those two are a bit different because they actually did something they yeah. said look what i've done and the others are just enthusiastic it really differentiates yeah and i mean that's you know i mean i think from from my experience i've only got got on well because i've taken opportunities to do do things volunteer yeah you can never volunteer for too many things i don't think really mm. Well, that just about wraps it up. Well, it does wrap it up for today's episode. <laughs> I think we've, I think they've had two for the price of one today, Kelvin. Yep. Um, so that's it from me, Andy White. And that's it from me, Kelvin Newman. And remember, keep those questions coming. Email kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.co.uk or leave a voice yes. a message. The number is in the end spiel of me spieling at the end. And if you're a Twitter user, if you use the hashtag, so hash IMPC, um, myself and Andy will keep an eye on that stream and add those questions in or respond to you over Twitter if it's appropriate. Have fun. See you next time. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you if you want to send an email send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273256150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. 
removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.